from checking your passport as in date to getting the right travel insurance. There's a lot to think about before you go abroad these days. And that's before you even start packing. Luckily, you can find all the answers you need and put peace of mind top of your list at dfa.ie forward slash travelwise. Plus, useful links to help get you there and keep you safe. An initiative of the Government of Ireland. The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk. Welcome to the Home Show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan on the show this morning. Gold medal gardener and financier turned fern expert Billy Alexander joins me to chat about his tremendous success at the Chelsea Flower Show and I'll be picking his brain on how the rest of us can take better care of our potted plants. Open House Dublin returns for its 16th year bringing us insights on architecture, culture and history. We'll be getting the inside track on what's to see at this year's festival. We'll be taking a walk on the wild side with the woman selling her home with an added one and a half acres for free, but it comes with a condition. And soundproofing. How can we easily and affordably reduce the everyday noises that disrupt our quiet time? We'll be hearing Roisin Murphy's suggestions later in the show. And if you'd like to get involved today, you can text The Home Show here at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us at any time at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you'll find me over on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. Now, as I was coming in this morning, I was listening to an interview about the whole government plan that they're formulating to try and reward frontline workers who did so much above and beyond during the various COVID lockdowns. And with the budget coming up, they are in the foremost of Pascal Donoghue's mind. Now, while some of us only had to worry about uh, missing out on gatherings and getting kids into their Zoom lessons or baking sourdough bread for the first time, Nurses, retail workers and carers had no choice but to ignore the dangers the pandemic presented and get on doing what they do best. And they are largely the lower paid workers in society, which made, I think, their sacrifice all the more important. And I don't think anybody's going to begrudge them a little extra. However, like most things in this country, there's already cries of me too and nobody wants to pit one set of workers against another. But what about all the other workers? You know, they may not have the government as a boss, but they work just as hard in the private sector. Are they due something too? Anyway, it's up to Pascal now to decide who gets what. So let's give him a little help. If you were in charge of gifting your thanks to all those frontline people, what would you be doing? few days extra leave, some cash, holiday voucher. If you're a nurse or a shop worker, what would you prefer? Let me know. I'd be really interested to hear your views as that conversation continues. Uh, text us here on 53106 and we're on the home show at newstalk.com. And you are very welcome along this morning. Now, fresh from his win at the Chelsea Flower Show, Ireland's master gardener, Billy Alexander of Kells Bay Gardens in County Kerry, has been having rather a busy week, to say the least. But thankfully, he's taken some time away from tending to his garden and receiving well wishes, of course, to join me this morning to chat through the amazing win and pass on some of his expert advice for those of us with ferns at home. Welcome to the Home Show, Billy. Thank you very much, Sinead. Congratulations. Are you are you still there? Are you still in Chelsea? Yes, I'm actually sitting on my Victorian fern bench, which was the central piece of the display. And I'm surrounded by beautiful ferns and 
all the Chelsea public watching me talking to you. Well, I'd love to be with you, I have to say. Um, uh, that's two awards now, is that right? Yes, I was in Hampton Court two months ago and I got a gold medal there, my first RHS gold medal. And then I came to Chelsea, which is big, more prestigious show. And my size of my stand was doubled for that to show off the showcase of amazing ferns we have in Kells Bay Gardens. And I suppose when it comes to ferns, maybe f from an outsider's point of view like mine, they wouldn't be considered, to, to, you know, when you see some of the displays yes. that there are there, beautiful flowers and colours and scents. Ferns kind of get a little bit of a bad rap sometimes because although they're filler plants, you know, they can look nice, yes. they can be very large. Yes. They wouldn't be considered kind of luscious and gorgeous. Maybe you think differently. Uh, well, yes, and the general public, when they see the display, it's 60 square metres, it's 10 by um, 6 metres display, and it's underplanted by the moss that came from Kells Bay Gardens. It's a very tranquil, very nice uh, feel about it. Um, it's very calming. So a lot of people saying this is one of their favourite stands, which is great with all the flowers around. So ferns can be very tranquil, very peaceful plants to work with. And you're normally based, of course, down in the kingdom at Kells Bay. And I've had a look. I've never been yes. there. I will be putting it on my list now. But sure, I've had a look sure. at the at the website and the pictures. It's a bit like a tropical rainforest. And, and I'm just yeah. wondering how you managed to achieve that uh, down in Kerry. Oh, well, I didn't really achieve it. I think nature achieved it. It's just <laughs> the most magnificent sight. Um, I used to work in a financial institution once upon a time. And then I started a hobby business. Uh, collecting, growing and selling ferns um, all over Ireland. And one thing led to another. I needed a bigger garden and I, I sold ferns to the previous owners and it just saw this most beautiful place. So it's a V-shaped valley. It's on the sea. We have 50 acres of wilderness gardens, we would call them. And they're full of a hundred year old tree fern forest. And of course, we have our sky skywalk rope bridge. So we've lots of things for people to see but the ferns is what i'd love people to come and see especially the primeval forest full of tree ferns you took a bit of a left turn there going from financial services what prompted that billy um impulse <laughs> um a bit of madness it was back back in 2004 i wanted a bigger garden and i ended up with 54 acres of a bigger garden <laughs> and, and a new business life so i i left I left the bank that I was working in. Um, but of course, it was an extremely difficult time. I bought it in 2006 and then the crash. problems that the crash came. But now we, we have thankfully a viable business and lots of people come to see the gardens. So it's been a success, but it's been a very long road. I was reading about a, a palm, a large palm tree that was imported from Chile back around that time. Tell me a little bit about it. I'm going to try and pronounce it, but I'm going to get it horribly wrong. Jubea chilensis. Very good. You're <laughs> on, on the money. So the chilensis is Chile, the, the Latin name for Chile. Uh, plants use Latin names. Jubea was a former king, but that doesn't matter. So I've been out in Chile looking at plants and I saw this palm tree and we worked out the costs. And so we brought it in and was Ireland's biggest tree fern. Uh, sorry, palm tree, and uh, we planted it and it's still there to this day. 11 tonnes of it. Yes, yes, 11 tonnes on the crane and we planted. So that's the scale of things we liked to try and do to the gardens to, to bring them up. Well, when, I'm, when we're talking there then about kind of the structures like that, how do you move 
a showstopper piece like the one you've created across the Irish Sea and have it arrive yes. at, and maintain it a standard that's competition ready or, yeah. or well that so I started three years ago planning because Chelsea has been to fair twice May of last year and then May of this year to September so the planning for the plans starts a long way in advance but you're correct the logistics of moving big tree ferns like the biggest tree fern with the fronds is about 11 12 foot tall and it has to go semi horizontal in the lorry wow. so the logistics be it covid and especially brexit paperwork is a big big problem now um but we used hannon transport who are a great company for logistics and it worked we've done it before i did it three years ago but it is a, it is the biggest challenge opening the doors of that big lorry in Chelsea is just the sort of moment of trepidation. I'd say because you, ha you know, you have to keep these things alive. They are living things. And, yes, and I yes. suppose even just keeping the moisture levels, do ferns require much care like that on a day to day basis? They're relatively easy. Of course, down in Kerry, we get lovely, lots of lovely wet rain. And that's good for the, the ferns. The ferns love it. Most of them. We've good acidic soil. So the ferns thrive in the gardens themselves. And then in the nursery, it, it also is very beneficial. Now I'm speaking with Billy Alexander, gold medal winner at the Chelsea Flower Show about his fabulous ferns. Um, Billy, you were talking about the climate in Kerry and I think most people probably would associate it with a bit of rain every now and then. But yes. uh, ferns, when, when you think of those giant ones, you think of the tropics really. You think of heat, you think of rainforests, you know. It's, yes. not, it's not quite that microclimate down in Kerry. So what is it about that part of the country and indeed the, the West Coast that suits particularly these giant plants? Well, so it's it's very temperate down on the west coast. So we get great precipitation. Um, it rarely goes, it does go below zero, but it rarely goes below zero on the coast where we are. And it doesn't go maybe above 25 degrees at best. And those, that with the rain and the acidic soil is a great combination for the tree ferns. They they just love it. Yeah, and it'd be worth anybody's um, time to to maybe take a visit if they're down that neck of the woods. Now, uh, for us mere mortals who might have a couple of potted ferns inside yes. or outside, what is a good way to start with that and and maybe care for them? So they actually are quite easy to care for. In most of your garden centres, they will have a good selection of good ferns most people are going for the evergreen fern at the moment so there, there's plenty available the deciduous ferns will only look good for short periods of time at the start of the year for asmunda regalis would be the royal fern which a lot of people would be familiar with very good for damp ground there are some suitable for drier ground but most most of them are more suitable for that shady position and most of them are that we see in the garden centres at this time of year are evergreen and people like the evergreen field if down a side passageway that's a little bit dark or shady it's ideal for ferns because the flowering plants won't do well there yeah because they're not overly precious i mean you know unlike some of the more delicate flowers they don't need kind of constant sunshine yes. or or feeding or anything like that correct so i would say to people people keep asking me about low maintenance gardens and ferns are great Evergreen ferns will cover a great area relatively cheaply and once a year you cut them back and the new fronds come back up in the spring and that's it. Of course, a little feed, liquid seaweed feed would be great for them.
Okay, and I suppose people, you know, might have a sense that if I leave them be, they'll just get, you know, could become a bit like your display in miniature, you know, like a tropical rainforest. So you do have to cut them yeah. back and, and make sure that they are they are looked after. I know that one I have at the moment, it just gets brown on the ends of the leaves, yes, you know, that dry, yes, brittle. And yes, it doesn't yes. seem to matter what I do to it. That, that keeps happening. But that's totally normal. The bottom leaves will always brown off periodically. That will... I wouldn't worry about that. That's why I say if you give them a good clean cut in March time before the new fronds emerge, you'll get a fresh clean head of fronds every year. Wonderful. Now, talk to me about what's next, Billy. Are you going to be taking your winning garden home? Yes. So that's the not so nice part. On Sunday, it finishes at five o'clock and we start to wrap up. And then on Monday, the larry comes back in and we start loading all the big specimens and take them back back to Kells. But so that's that's that that will take a couple of days. You'll be reverse engineering the whole operation and tell me, will it be going into a particular where it came from or will will there be a new display for it? No, the idea is we have a wall garden, some of the rare specimens we're going to the wall garden to show people and we can say that they were at the at the Chelsea Flower Show in 2021. Um but we we've no shortage of, of big tree ferns for people to see. Wonderful. All right. And what's next for you, Billy? How do you top a gold medal? Oh, I, I well, I think that's the pinnacle of my exhibiting career is to get the gold medal, <laughs> the RHS gold medal at Chelsea Flower Show. So I, I'm going to draw my breath and have a good few coffees and uh, hopefully have have a couple of days off late next week. All right. Well, something tells me the financial services industry will not be seeing you again and it is their Definitely loss. Not. All right. Billy Alexander from Kells Bay Gardens in County Kerry and gold medal winner twice over at Chelsea and Hampton Court. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this Thanks morning and familiar. taking the time out on The Home Show. Now, still to come on The Home Show, buy a house and get one and a half acres of land for free. Sounds too good to be true. Roisin Murphy on the do's and don'ts of mounting maps in the home. Stay with us after the break and we'll bring you all of that and more. The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk. And you're very welcome back to the Home Show here on News Talk. I am Sinead Ryan. And if you'd like to get in touch with us today, you can text us at 53106 for 30 cent or you can email the show at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. Now, before the break, I had a conversation with Billy Alexander. He's the gold medal winner from the Chelsea Flower Show and indeed the Hampton Court Flower Show. And he was talking to me all about ferns. Uh, so do listen back to that. It's on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. Now, our homes have never been used quite like they have over the last two years. They've been everything from our work office to our canteen and living quarters and schools in some cases. And throughout the pandemic, we've learned to appreciate uh, the structure and design of our homes, but more importantly, cherish the concept of space. Now, Open House Dublin returns for its 16th year, bringing us insights into architecture, culture and history with an exciting new lineup of events. And joining me in studio to tell me about this year's festival is the manager of Open House Dublin, Karen Lee Walpole. You're very welcome to studio. Thank you, Sinead. Very happy to be here. Now, what was it like to curate an event, like something that it has to be visual, you know, that is about these great structures, uh, to, to do all that online again? Again. <laughs> It's been a challenge. Um, last year, we had a hybrid version of a festival, but as you say, mostly online. 
it did present opportunities. We were able to go out and make films, which is something we wanted to do for a number of years and hadn't had the opportunity, uh, which went down very well. And this year we're heading into another hybrid festival, but with thankfully more in-person tours. So we are able to get inside buildings again as well. So we have all of the digital content plus all of the in-person content. So we're very excited about this year. Did you find that, I, I suppose, when, when the pandemic first hit, like every business, you were like, oh, crikey, uh, this isn't going to work online at all. I mean, you know, there's no mechanism for it because Absolutely. we're dealing with buildings. Did you find then that in, maybe you got a new audience or a different audience as a result of it? Oh, I think so. I think so. The audience for last year's festival was very large, actually. Our online audience was really, really strong, really good. Um, the Irish Architecture Foundation had done a number of online events coming up to open house as well, which were really well attended. So we had a great online audience uh, to start with. But I do think that our open house audience really expanded last year um, into also international viewers as well, because, you know, this content was available uh, to anyone. So it was very accessible, which has been a, a good thing about it. So talk to me now about some of the things that people can expect. Well, we have quite a packed programme this year, a lot of different things. So in terms of architects and homes, one of the, the, the most popular parts of the Open House Festival over the years has been getting to go inside private homes and actually take a look at the work that architects do. Um, the pandemic has meant that we haven't been able to do that. We haven't been able to bring people inside homes. So instead, some of our architects very kindly filmed these online tours where they would take the public around these buildings and talk about the architecture and design and the living spaces that they created. So this year, we are very proud to have a number of up to 10, I believe, or possibly more. They're still, they're still coming in. Uh, online tours available. Um, we have homes in Kimmage, in Dublin 5, in Dorky, in Drumcondra, and people will be able to go online over the Open House weekend and they'll be able to get inside those homes virtually. There's nothing people like more than a <laughs> nose around other people's houses. And we've seen that with the proliferation of, of shows on telly, you know, Absolutely. that do just that, that squinting behind the curtains thing. So what else have you on, Karen? We have building tours back. So these are an opportunity to get into some buildings. We'll have a roof tour of St. Patrick's Cathedral. We'll have a tour of the US Embassy, Provost House, uh, House in Trinity, we have, uh, people will be able to get black back into the glass houses and the botanic gardens, which have been closed, obviously, through the pandemic. Freemasons Hall, Dublin Castle, and a number of other buildings. So it's been fantastic to be able to bring them back into the programme. Um, we also have a number of unique outside tours, lots of outdoor tours this year. They were very popular last year. Uh, we have a singing tour of Dublin with Angolian traditional singers and an architect, Dara Bracken. People will be able to go around the city um, listening to traditional music while learning about architecture. OK, there's a mashup. <laughs> it is, it is. There's quite a few mashups this year. We have, um, for the for the fish, not for me, the Dublin Dash Tour, which is... Oh, I'm already tired. <laughs> What's that? It's a running tour of the Phoenix Park, an eight kilometre running tour, which will talk about all of the different architectural aspects of the park. Um, just for people when they're signing up for that, they do get a coffee and a pastry at the end. So apparently it's worth it. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to take their word for it. But there <laughs> are plenty of avid runners these days. There's so. loads of people who'd be doing that anyway for nothing. Absolutely. So and now they, they get to learn. Well sign up <laughs> and learn about all of the different buildings in the Phoenix Park. OK. And uh, what? anything else? You have a debate, of course. Every we year. do. We have a debate every year. Um, um, a really interesting discussion about the city, about the issues facing the city. This year, we are lucky to be able to have an invited audience to 
to a small invited audience to the debate, but it'll be streamed live. Okay. And so everybody be able to access it. Um, the debate is called Living for the City. We have um, an expert panel that'll come together to discuss their perspectives of living in the city since the pandemic, before the pandemic, what has changed for them? How do they feel about the city? Um, so it's really to get their personal viewpoints on this and also to talk about uh, the potential of the city into the future. Do you think that since lockdown, um, Karen, that people, ordinary people who really mm. possibly knew nothing about architecture beforehand are suddenly now looking at their houses in a different way? Maybe the nooks and the crannies and the corners and the multi-purpose rooms. Are, are you finding that architects are kind of being brought in to redesign bits and pieces there? Oh, absolutely. There's, I mean, working from home has been such a challenge for everybody um, and obviously living at home, having your children at home, schooling at home. So I think that the design of houses is definitely going to change. People are going to want those spaces um, to be available to them. Multifunctional spaces are going to be much more popular. Maybe we'll move from the open space back to, you know, having your own private spaces. Um, and I think that's very evident. And the other thing that people have really noticed during the pandemic is their public spaces, their neighbourhoods, their communities. We have a big focus on that this year as well, again, with all of the outdoor tours, cycle tours and things like that. But um, I think people have really paid attention to their local amenities mm. um, and have had to kind of notice their communities a lot more in their and their neighbourhoods. And this whole concept, I think, of the 15-minute city mm. that we're trying to get to, you know, that this aspirational thing that everything should be within a cycle ride for you. Uh, do, do you find that maybe the, the authorities now will be more on board with promoting that in areas. I mean, we've seen the traffic return. I mean, it's, we have, yeah. it's just, it's back to normal nearly, you know? Absolutely. I do think so. I think that there's a lot of developments going on, whether it's from, you know, the cycling routes that are being developed or have been developed um, and the more uh, the permeability trials and things like that that are put in place to try and secure areas from those that heavy traffic. But it is a challenge. It's a challenge mm. that the authorities have to face. I mean, as you say, there's a lot of people living in this city and coming in and out, and you can start to see that again now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the public stand up and actually say, well, you know, we actually value these spaces now. Yeah. We, we yeah. need more of a say. Yeah. So I think there'll be more equality in that. OK, and of course, you can contact us here, 53106, if you want to let us know what's changed in your local area, what you want to hang on to when all this is over and what you are glad is gone away. Now, so Karen, where can people sign up for the events? Everything is on the website at www.openhousedublin.com. The festival takes place from the 15th to the 17th of October and booking opens next Tuesday at 12pm. So do get online early and uh, and book your places for your events. All right, Karen Lee Walpole, manager of Open House Dublin, uh, now in its 16th year. Thanks a million for joining us this morning on The Home Show. Thank you very much. Now, everyone knows I love a good bargain. However, I came across a special offer that makes all of the others look miserly. Buy a house and get one and a half acres of land for free. That's what's up for grabs if you fancy buying a beautiful home in Dublin as long as you've a passion for rewilding. To explain more, I'm joined by the lady who is selling that house, Neve Burke. Good morning, Neve. Welcome along to The Home Show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Now, tell me a little bit about this lovely home that you have for sale. Yeah, so the house is County Dublin in Garristown. It's about one kilometre from Garristown village. And it's a four bedroom dormer on about an acre of garden. And then it's got an additional four acres of land that's, with, you know, going with the sale. 
the house itself is early 2000s kind of thing but since moving in a few years back we've refurbished it put in a new kitchen dining and then um because the view is so amazing down onto the land and towards the hill at garristown we've put in new double doors that open out onto that so that was kind of um one of the the major kind of uh, refurbished kind of elements that we've we've added and yeah, it's on it's on some lovely land. It's a, it's kind of a narrow strip down to the Delvin River. And we put in a little orchard, made a bit of an experiment with uh, some, well, there's, there's the usual fruit trees and, and apples and cherries and plums and whatnot. But um, the experimental aspect was we, we put in some inoculated hazels to see if truffles within a three or four year time frame might uh, come to fruition then as well. Right, truffles. So, uh, well, that's yeah, very nice, exotic. Nice tru- yeah. do, do you need pigs <laughs> for truffles? Well, generally, that's traditionally uh, the animal <laughs> that um, is trained to find them all right. But no, we haven't got any pigs. You haven't got that far. that far. All right. And now, this the, rewilding the... site, I'm very interested in it, Neve. Um, tell me a little bit, because it's a large, like this is a large plot of land in the capital. So it's tell me about how you, how you came to rewild it and what was involved in all of that. Well, basically, we had this piece of land and all in all, it's about uh, five and a half acres type thing. So in the initial months, we had thinking about what to do. And it was before we put the little orchard in and we had some neighbor's sheep on. There was about 30 sheep on there and they were keeping the, the grass down while we had to think. And when the neighbor then took his sheep elsewhere to do other stuff, we noticed that within like three three months, I suppose, three to four months, a lot of different species springing up, nice wildflowers that were already obviously in the soil, in the seed bank there. And yeah, we got the idea of like, oh my gosh, if, if the seed bank is like that here, we could potentially uh, rewild, you know, at least a section of it. And because the section down by the end, down by the river, looked the wildest, it was kind of the less tended, we decided to, to go for that, a bit of an experiment. And then maybe we thought, you know, with a bit of succession in time, scrub and trees uh, might then take over. So we decided to give it a little helping hand and plant some native trees. And because it's down by the river as well, that kind of adds value from a, an ecology perspective in that uh, the river will, will act as um, it's a good conduit for species. Bats uh, tend to commute along it and, and, and you get mammal species, you'll get birds. So as well as as well as the little uh, rewilded plot, then you have this um, riparian and you know river area that uh, they can exploit as well. So, yeah, it's a nice spot. It's, so it's a people, good location. so so you could spot things like hedgehogs and badgers and otters and things like that down there. So it'd be a lovely uh, place, it seems to me, for maybe children to grow up in. It it, it sounds just idyllic, actually. <laughs> yeah it is it's it's a very nice spot we tend to go down there with the boys they've they've helped we've got two small boys uh, four and seven and they they were recruited to like help with the tree planting exploits and yeah it's just nice to go down there and you know enjoy enjoy the space so um, i have to ask you then neve what uh what's making you move why are you moving <laughs> so I basically can. Um, <laughs> I have found now, and it's it's kind of like pandemic induced, I suppose. It's I now have the option to fully work uh, remotely from home, 
and that means I can base myself wherever. And um, I guess being an ecologist, the Wild West is appealing to mm. me and my husband. And I think it's a great place for the kids to grow up. Not that Dublin isn't. It's got lots of resources, lots of great stuff. But um, we're, we're after, you know, the great outdoors. We're into uh, the water sports stuff. And um so gonna, you'll be moving. You'll be moving over to Sligo now. Talk to me about the reaction to the rewilding prospect from buyers, because you, you, you know, this is a condition of the sale, or you know, as much as as is practicable. So the people that have shown an interest in the house would they be people of like mind to yourself? Hopefully, uh, there seems to be a fair bit of interest already, and. People who have um, shown interest are largely amenable to the idea. Now, I have to just uh, state that it is an optional. It's it is entirely optional. We're not going to stuff it down people's necks that <laughs> they have to take this on. You know, it's it's for us a positive thing. We're going to keep it positive. Uh, it's part of the Garstown Biodiversity Action mm. Plan. Um, so, does that come with conditions then, Neve? I mean, if if it's supported by say, is it Fingal local authority, uh, you know, will they take it back then if somebody says, look, to be honest with you, I love the house, not so much the, the rewilding? I mean, that, that would happen. That would be a conversation between ourselves and and the new buyers. So if they're not that keen on it, then we would just keep it ourselves or potentially down the line, Fingal could take it. We could we could offer it to them. But um you know, that's as yet to be determined. Are you yeah. finding that people generally are getting more interested in this type of thing? I mean, we have I been do. talking about rewilding, I, I would say, far more in the last year than ever before. Uh, certainly on this show, we had Randall Plunkett on, the Baron of Dunsany, talking about his vast rewilding project up there uh, in, in Meath. What mm. is it, do you think, that's appealing about it? Is it the low maintenance? I guess yes. Um, it it is a low maintenance. I mean, I have a couple of of prospective people come and and, and be a little bit tentative about the uh, the responsibility of mm. it, but. Really, there is there isn't much to it. Uh, it's kind of just live and let live type live thing, you know. Live, so it, there's not a lot to it. Yeah, there's a little bit of checking to see, you know, you know, if there's a monoculture springing up or if you've got invasives or, you know, there's a, a minor piece of management that you can, you have a lot of support already on because it's part of the plan. So the buyer but doesn't need to be an expert like you. Absolutely in not. Oh, right. Absolutely not. And uh, yeah, as I said, there's a lot of support there. And I guess the reason why. Um, there's a lot of talk about the whole rewilding thing is uh, it's just more present now in the social consciousness we've all had what 20 months of uh, you know the, the whole pandemic lockdown situation mm. and we now uh, you know we've had to enjoy a bit of green space bit of nature and we've come to appreciate and then become more aware of the impact of what we've done. All right. Well, listen, I wish you the very best of luck with the sale of that house. Uh, It is guiding at 650,000 through agents Sherry Fitzgerald Geraghty and uh, Neve Burke. Good luck with your move west and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about your rewilding efforts over there. And thanks for joining us on The Home Show today. Thanks so much. Now, still to come on The Home Show. After the break, Roisin Murphy will be with me chatting about the best places to get maps for your walls and about a bit of soundproofing for your living space. So do stick with us for that. You can contact us at any time on 53106 or find us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com on email. So grab yourself a cuppa. I'll have loads more after this break. 
Now you're very welcome back to the home show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan. If you're just joining me now, you missed my interview with Billy Alexander, the gold medal winning gardener from the Chelsea Flower Show. And he was fabulous. And you can listen back to that. We spoke also with Neve Birkner. She's selling her house out in Garristown with a free one and a half acres uh, if you engage in her rewilding project. So that is well worth uh, listening back to. And of course, you can do that on the podcast, which is on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. But at this segment in the show, I am delighted to welcome back in studio Roisin Murphy. In uh, hello, how are hello, you? Hello, I'm good. So good. it's still so freaky to be here in person, isn't it? I know, but it's great. It's great to walk through town, and it's like life is back in the yeah. streets of Dublin. Yeah, no, it is. It's lovely, and it's nice for us uh, to be able to have uh, people here as well and see in the flesh, as it were. <laughs> Look at you in the eyes. And <laughs> uh, now, of course, if you want to contact us at any stage this morning, uh, you can do so at five three one zero six. Now, earlier in the week uh, and after last week's show, we actually received an email from a listener with a query regarding maps. Oh, yes. And how best to hang them and frame them and, you know, some, something that complements them because a map isn't just, you know, in a book of atlases. It's become a piece of art and I'm married to somebody who loves an owl map. And uh, we have a lovely, we, we were trying to get a mirror for mm-hmm. over the fireplace. Mm-hmm. You know, one of these lovely art deco kind yeah. of things, silver thing. Anyway, that never came to pass. Instead, there's a poster <laughs> of um, of Paris, oh, I uh, like that. which we bought on the banks of yeah. the Seine. It's just a poster, cost yeah. about a tenner, but it was from about 1950 something. Yeah. And uh, and it's sitting up there and uh, I don't want to move it now. I love it. Oh, yeah, it's no. It's just a map of Paris. It's there beautiful. is something about, it's particularly in these times, I think maps have become very, you know, significant you know do, very do touching there's something like grounding about him at this is where I am Listen, this is what I know it's the first or this is where I want to travel with I think it's the notion of place and maps historically the first map is Babylon or whatever on a piece of stone but I've always loved a map I have to say and even to the point that I that would be one of my problems if ever anybody comes to declutter my house I keep all the old road maps that my father used to pull out to go through on some windy road and there's something about the way they're drawn the aesthetic of them because they are you know like say the most one of the most valuable maps in the world is the first underground map ever done believe it or not it was done by a graphic designer as the first map that didn't map geographically what was happening mm. so the, the blue line the Piccadilly line all these mm. lines maps are a, kind of an essential part of how the human being gets from A to B and they are there's an order about them because yeah. most cities and towns are, and, and rail lines are, yeah. are devised with a, with at least some logic now Dublin City possibly only uh, you know it's such an old city and, and Cork indeed mm. but most cities are designed with either a radial or from yeah. the from the sea in yeah and and that's what was nice about the underground one because it wasn't about any of those things it was just about destination yeah. and journey but older maps I suppose they represent mountain ranges and all these things but they are that thing that if you look on the wall nobody can say Jesus how much you pay for that it isn't that no, it doesn't it, matter, it doesn't yeah. matter. It, they're yeah. democratic art if that makes sense okay and I always think about a a cartographer is somebody who is kind of you this vision in your head of somebody who's precise, good with good at drawing, good at illustrating somebody something or some and, and is driven by some other kind of notion. So an ordnance survey map to me always reminds me of the civil service of this idea mm. of humans organizing themselves to organize their world. That said, I, I think that aesthetically an older map can be very interesting to use. They used to we've used them as curtains in a study, a big huge uh, map that was printed on map of the world that was printed onto fabric. Oh, right. 
right. Now it sounds dreadful, right? It was. It's not available in IKEA anymore. But it was one of the first things we did for this a guy who was from Malaysia who was living in Ireland, and we thought, okay, every time the curtains are drawn, he can see the world and he's okay. part of the world. Right. Yeah. And then we used another one which was in Beaver Street. It's a really old part of Dublin, and we got cursive of the Royal. Irish uh, Library, we got the use of Roke's map. Roke mapped a lot of Europe and he did, again, these, the older maps don't geographically describe what you're living in now, but what they will do is describe a city at a certain point. So you're this notion of God, that's what Dublin was like. There's Grafton Street when it was a field. So they have these kind of other things that they can evoke in you. And they're like a blob on a paper, but they were done with different prints. They were often done with bloods. The ink was a blood. Or on vellum. On vellum. Yeah. You get these different textures and layers. And they're very, when they're, uh, we blew this one up completely. So it was, became giant size. And instead of mapping it traditionally, you'll have a map mounted in a a frame. What we did was we mounted it onto a thing called a sheet of kappa board, which is a lightweight plastic board. I hate these were plastic. Don't everybody kill me. Yes, it was plastic. You can do it on lightweight card. Um, And it meant that you could, it became very graphic, but it also became a kind of a purpley gray, which is quite a neutral color. Mm. So you can blow up bits of maps. You can do things with maps. They don't necessarily just have to be dead forms of art. And we've had, you, I think it was Object of Design. I don't know if you remember her, but BB Cuts. She makes maps, laser oh, cut maps. Yeah. And, and actually, there are loads now that I've seen where you get, you can get a map made out of pieces of wood or jigsaw and you, you have to <laughs> assemble them on the wall, which is always going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you put France in the wrong place. Um and you can get kind of 3D modelling then, not not a globe, but, yeah. but something that sticks out from the wall. Yeah, I mean, all of that sort of stuff. But I think for me, I think it's your relationship with the place is very important. Mm. And that's the question, really. So if you are going to put a map up, OK, you can be all inclusive and do the world or you can do maybe the town you came from. And or I, I a always route. Think, yeah. You could do okay. like Bloomsday route. Is always a lovely one of Dublin, I think. Right. For a literary, liter- literary Dubliner, maybe, yeah. or a literary person. <laughs> or a cycling route, our producer well, no. The Mallon to Mizzen Head, you can know, or the but Wild that, Atlantic Way. There or is some, and these are very important parts of, of Ireland, actually, that notion of mapping, say, uh, a holiday route that you take. And I think it, it, it is that thing, they're evoking human experiences. Yeah. But then, say, a grid city. Now, this is getting very arty, but the grid city. Like I love a grid city. Manhattan and... Barcelona yeah. is a good grid city. And you see all these developments of cities where you'll get very famous cities in their plans. And that's for the real kind of... Um, the nerd. The, <laughs> for the anorak. Us, the, the map anorak. For me, anorak, anorak nerd. Uh, okay. um, but it is a very interesting way to look at the world, though, to see how that... That's that first thing where we try to map that top our, down look, that you know, top that down you don't look. see when you're in it. Now, loads of Irish artists generating yes. map type things. Uh, as you were talking about, uh, you're probably going to mention Jam Art because you always do. They're fantastic. Yeah, that. Jam Art and Clo. I have to say, Clover Rua did a beautiful oh, yeah. map Clover of Rua. Dublin. Lovely, beautiful. They did a blue map of Dublin with lots of areas in different metal textures. And um, BB cuts, obviously, for hers. And I have to say. For me, though, I, I, it's a Roke's map of Dublin, I, uh, an original one of those framed for any Dubliner or any of the older medieval maps yeah. uh, and an ordnance survey map. So I don't necessarily go for the full art map now. I like a real art. I yeah. like a real map. You like a real map. All right. yeah. And I know I love the Simone Walsh ones, you know, where they look at a particular fixture like Sandy Cove yeah. or King John's Castle in Limerick or Trinity College, yeah. which I got myself for my daughter because yeah. that's where she went. Yeah. Uh, and lovely prints just to evoke memories. And, yes. and really, maybe that's what yeah. a map is 
all about. Okay. Um, now, uh, so in terms of framing that then, you know, would you leave it kind of just a blank poster-like canvas? Oh, no, I'm there. I can I get, get it printed on a bit of fabric. Uh, if you want to use it as a curtain, uh, just frame it in a frame. Um, loose frame it if it's an original one maybe picked off the ground go to a good frame and also as I said take a copy mount it onto a piece of kappa board uh, I, and I'm, I would be one I would also include a globe as a map as well and I suppose they're not really in vogue anymore but uh, you know I would go I'm map centric so anything I, I actually think they're have been, a nice focal point in a room yeah. because if people are visiting your home maybe and it, you know some people wouldn't be very confident with art they wouldn't know a lot about art I would be one of them but a map somehow is egalitarian you can go there and go oh I've been to that city or you and know remem- and as well just to say we when we were down in Iron Street East remember they told us that there's an actual or was it who was it? one of our object of design people told us there's actually a map of clay in Ireland as well. There are odd things that you can give to say somebody which is on a Valentine's gift and, and clay is where you will find pl- pieces of earth in Ireland that you can make earthenware out of. So notional, very romantic ideas like that mm. as well or where you met somebody you know, or again, the Atlantic. So I always think, think it's a really romantic gift to yeah, give somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't sound like that. Here's a map. And I love also, you. <laughs> they're a brilliant place for the to- in the toilet. I am very, I put... Well, you do need something to do. It's good to have an occupation. And <laughs> as they say... But they're also very good to do, say, architectural drawings are my one of my favourite things in as well. I would put a, them in, in bathrooms as well. Anything that's a funky little, it's not a piece of art, but it's a very interesting Something drawing. To talk about. Yeah. All right, of course. And I am joined, as always, uh, with Ro- by Roisin Murphy uh, in studio this week. And we are discussing maps and all that kind of thing. It's 53106 if you want to get in touch with us. Now, one of the things which is uh, the end of COVID, or oh God, maybe we are finally getting to the end. Certainly people are going back to work and all that kind of thing. Uh, lots more busyness on the roads and outside and all of that. So soundproofing, we said we'd talk about this because it comes this up. Come, this has come up a couple of times. Again and Somebody again and, again with people. and I think it is just maybe, I don't know, the box apartments and the city yeah. living and all that kind of thing. Um, we're long, long away from sticking Ed Cartons on the walls and, you know, putting in a bit of foam. So talk to me a little bit about um, surfaces and how we can protect them against sound. Okay, well, first of all, you are protected, ladies and gentlemen, by party the regulations and people are required to comply with sound regulations. And that can include even extensions. So beware, nobody, if somebody's building a tin shed out there, as we have talked about on the home show before, you do still have to comply with party of the regulations. And what does that mean? That means impact, airborne sound, things that travel, sound travels and it reflects very easily. I always remember this physicist explaining to me that somewhere there's pockets of sound in the universe because it doesn't stop. It's not like light. It travels differently. So if you think about any surface, it's very simple. Um, uh, Sound can travel through objects as well. Uh, A good blockwork wall, for instance, with two bits of plasterboard on it on each side complies with regulations. Okay. Uh, A block, but it has to be a solid block wall. So anybody with a hollow block wall out there that's dividing the neighbours and if you're hearing the neighbours that's where your problem is. Right. And now there are retrofits you can do but I know they are expensive because they involve taking out bits of the wall and putting in, is it like a foam, like a gun? Yeah. But on the other extent you can also slab it out and put rock wool slab uh, rock wool insulation on it and, and double slab it. You can do it on your other side. The only thing is people don't really like to do it because you lose space. Yes, because you have yeah. to do it on the on the exter- on the internal wall. So, so yeah. it comes in towards yeah. your wall. Oh gosh, okay. But there are other nicer ways of doing it. Let's not be shy about it. 
uh, it is the home show, you can do it as a library wall. Like, why not put just a big load of books mm. up against your noisy neighbour, but a load of books up against mm. it. But that doesn't stop the problem of sound and how it travels, say, through floors, which would be historically what you'd find in some of the older apartments or you would find in older houses where where Joyce ran through walls and stuff like that. Sure, thick pile carpet. Thick pile carpet, but also you can do a thing where you can, there's a tea stop, there's a little bar that you can put on that kind of makes the sound kind of form a cavity and travel up the inside face of the wall. There is also a thing called soundproofing paint. I know. I know here. No, it's true. Ceramic molecules in the paint. It's a very heavy duty paint. Now, it's not perfect but it'll go a good way to, say, take the sound of a television down and do things like that. It's a little bit thicker and harder to apply and it's freely available on Amazon. You can get it. There's also these things, say, in um, front office interiors will do wall panels and they've, you know, for open plan offices, there's an awful lot of technology. Oh, well, of course, you find that in offices a lot, don't yeah, you? Those kind of, oh, right, okay. So those panels. But, you but can, again, you're going to lose a bit of yeah, but you wouldn't lose it too much, but you could retain your sanity if it's driving you nuts. Do you know what I mean? But the thing is, if you're building, don't, and you're building up against your neighbours, do not run your your joists into the wall. Hang them off the wall and be get very careful about the junction between the, the timber floor and the, the wall that there's a okay, good... Okay, otherwise it's just going to go travel straight through, through across it. Yeah. If you are in an apartment and you say it's an existing apartment with timber floors, you can retrofit, you can, you can baffle it out, you put a little bit of soundproofing fabric material Material and put another little bit of timber on that and then your floor over that. You float a second floor over and that's very effective. Oh, right. If it's yeah. a rented apartment, your landlord does have to really, he, he you know, he, you're entitled to a reasonable... Uh, Enjoyment set. of peace. Yeah, really? so yeah, you would. Okay. You could ask him to bring it, to, to come on back there, a landlord man and, 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 or a woman and, and make, my, make my house full of peace. Right, that's good to know. Okay, lots of options there. Ceramic paint, you learn something New every day on the home show. Uh, now, Roisin, object of design. Yes. Uh, what have you got for me? I went to this. This there, is something so. I've brought and I've kept because this woman I met her in Kerry, and the, okay. she was she was she was working in this craft shop, right? So I'm going to give you the little brochure for the craft shop. It's where right. I go every year and I pick something. Some and this okay. is her son's. Uh, and I thought she's waiting for me now for ages. Her that's her well, son's. Now, Unusually, I can tell exactly what this <laughs> yeah. is. Normally, I get something yeah. in here, and I've, I'm looking at Roisin expectantly, saying, "Please describe yeah, this to no, me." This but lovely. this is beautiful. So uh, this is uh, a little mini cheese board, or it's a, a chopping board. board or now, chopping they're board. not. He doesn't do all the small ones, but I thought I'm not hawking in yeah, a huge, massive, big, heavy. Well, one. also, if they're enough expensive enough, enough for the yeah. size of it. Um, so this is made by Donica O'Connor, yeah. uh, Woodcraft, and it is just a beautiful piece of wood. Look at that, all hewn. It's it, ash. It's Irish ash. Absolutely he, he gorgeous. He takes grain. pieces from uh, what you found wood. So again, it's all from uh, wood that you find in the forest. He picks it up and he makes other bits of furniture. But you can, it's like that thing if you're coming back um, from your holidays or yeah. you're heading something tiny. Like I actually think they're wonderful if you're doing a cheese board at the end of a dinner party. And now that we're back to dinner parties, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of doing a big, huge platter, a tiny little board yeah. with a bit of cheese yeah. on it, yeah. I think, and a little knife. And actually, there's something beautiful about the nature of of a piece of wood yeah. um, a, an Irish produce on it yeah. and, and just it, that it. W- there's no table that would not work on no you know? exactly 
and it's, okay. an, it's a beautiful souvenir that you can put in your pocket or you can give it to somebody. So let's get out there and start okay. shopping okay. again, guys. Kerry Craft Tray yeah. is the little brochure you've given yeah. me. And of course, we know that there are beautiful, beautiful yeah, so things made I, down that neck of the woods. They so. did want to give you one as well because I'm sure there are many <laughs> makers. If you ever get bored for research for people, there will be lots of people and markers from makers from Kerry. And there are Blackwater, yeah. Wood yeah. Turners, Kenmare Lace and Design, mm. Marcus Youngman Ceramics. Absolutely yeah. beautiful stuff here. And uh, of course, in your local area and everybody's local area, there will be similar uh, artists creating yes. beautiful pieces. And, and this is one of them. All right. Pop that up on your Instagram, Roisin, which is? Roisin Murphy Architect All with right. two underscores between Roisin and Murphy and the architect. They'll tell you have millions of followers. Right, <laughs> thank you for bringing that in. And that is all we have time for on The Home Show today. And you can get in touch with us, remember, at any time, 53106, if there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss, any guests you'd like to have on, uh, or indeed anything you'd like Roisin to go off and have a think about for you, as our listener did there about the maps. And don't forget to check out The Home Show podcast on the News Talk website. And thanks to the production team today, Gareth Mulhall, Simon Keane, Sinead Kyo, JJ Clark and Stephen McLoon who is on sound. Bobby's up next. He'll be talking to some of the country's cinema operators to hear how they've been getting on since we've opened things back up. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll do it all again next week. The Home Show with Colour Trend. Bring home Irish colour with Colour Trend paint. This is News Talk.